0: listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We are broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus on the unceded ancestral and traditional Musqueam territory known as Vancouver. I am your host, Saira Unju, and I have Sheila with me in the studio. Hello. Sheila. Welcome, welcome. Um, So, Sheila will be doing a review of A Sound Like This by Corleone. But before we get into Sheila's review, we also have Lewis' review of the new exhibition at the Museum of Anthropology called Chican X, uh, Dreamers and Change Makers, or Chican X Soñadores e Creadores del Cambio. I can't believe I just remembered <laughs> that and not read it. So proud of you! Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> But basically, so uh, if you listen to our previous episode, I talked with the co curator Greta de Leon about Chicken X. So if you want more information, you can go back to that episode to listen to it, or stay here for now and listen to Lua's review
1: of um of oh my god of the exhibition. <laughs> Do you want to try and say the whole name again? No. <laughs> Maybe afterwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, enjoy.
2: Hey everyone, this is Lopresillo, and did you know that MOA just launched, or just opened, their new exhibition, Chicken X, Dreamers and Changemakers, or Soñadores, y Queredores del Cambio. This exhibition is curated by MOA's Jill Bard and the American Research Network's Executive Director, Gre- Greta De Leon. And it's going to be on display from May 12th to January 1st. So you have a lot of time to see this show. And it's definitely, definitely worth it. We'll probably be talking more about it soon. This show is displaying um, 33 Chicane X artists. And chicken X, for those who don't know, is the gender-neutral term for someone who is Chicano or Chicana. And it's a really cool and really interesting way to approach... This um, this artistic practice, the Chicano movement is a lot about revolution, and it's also about kind of being in this in between state where you're not exactly Mexican, you're not exactly just American either, but you exi- you exist in this duality of identities, and some of these shows definitely do, some of these pieces definitely do explore that duality. The spelling of the name of this exhibition is also very purposeful, it's um, X-I-C-A-N-E-X and the reason it's using the X instead of the traditional or the regular CH is to acknowledge um, the heritage of indigenous languages and not using quote-unquote the colonizer's language would be Spanish. So about the exhibition itself, um, when you walk in, it's almost as if you're walking into a Chicago neighborhood. The entire setup is very colorful, very welcoming, and I do like something that one of the curators mentioned was um, you walk into this very welcoming environment just to look at pieces that kind of punch you in the gut with their realities. And it's very much that. It's very much a beautiful space that is just so inviting, And then the pieces, most of them are dealing with such difficult and such heavy themes and heavy um, issues, that it's it's hard to not feel like, oh wow, like this is what these neighborhoods are dealing with. These are what these people are dealing with. Um, This is what it means to be part of this culture. To have this beauty, to have this welcoming demeanor, but also to be fighting and struggling underneath. But I do want to say this show is not really about um, the difficulties of being Chicano. It's about being proud of one's identity. It's about also just presenting that identity and acknowledging current political situations. So it's not just about like bringing you down or like talking about these sad realities. It's also just about, hey, like these people exist and this is what it looks like. I think it's very difficult for an exhibition that is presenting a culture like this to uh, not glorify the culture, which I think has its own issues. But I think the MOA was really successful in that because walking into this, it didn't feel like it was glorifying the culture or putting it on a pedestal or anything like that. It was just kind of presenting it and showcasing it in the sense of like, Chicano people exist, they're here, this is what they look like. And that's it. There's nothing more to it. There's nothing left to it. We want to highlight these voices without glorifying them. And I think that's a really great line to thread um, when dealing with, you know, social issues and everything like that. You don't necessarily want to glorify either side because, you know, people are people and there is no perfection to be had in the world. So throughout the exhibition, uh, Chicanx voices are definitely highlighted. And one way that that is done is that well, first, none of the descriptor descriptions for any of the pieces were written by the curators, which is usually what happens. Uh, but they were written by the artists themselves in both Spanish and English. So the entire show is actually bilingual, which is pretty cool. And a lot of the show, um, a lot of there are extra pieces and extra things that are all online. So you can either check it out yourself without going to MOA, or if you're there, there are QR codes in multiple places throughout the exhibition where you can scan them and you can access other materials, including essays from artists, bios from artists, and a number of other things. Um, Again, this show is about the people and about the artists and about their culture. So I think the way they approach the bio, the artist's bios is really interesting where they were asking artists a little bit more profound, not profound, but like a little bit more, many more questions about who they are. So like their favorite colors, their favorite foods, so that us as an audience could get to know these people as people and not simply as an artist over there that does their art piece and exists in a museum space. Like these are people. And I think the digital aspect of the show was a really cool A way to remind audiences that, you know, artists are people dealing with things and expressing things and being people. And I think one of the intentions of the show was to leave the audiences with a feeling of, like, what being Chicano or Chicanex means and how diverse these artists are. There isn't, uh, it's a very heterogeneous movement There are a number of ways to approach it. Some of the artists have approached it through food and identity. Other artists have approached it through the idea of borders. Others have approached it through an idea of like culture and games. And so there is no one way to be Chicanx. and, And that is one of the things that this exhibition highlights. And so it's separated. The show itself is separated into a few different areas, more or less. There is home, there's identity, there's borderlands, there's activism, and there's one more that I can't remember right now. Um, And it's really cool to see that type of curation happening where you do have all these different artists doing very unique things with their art, but at the same time you can see the common thread being put together where it's like, oh, these are all talking about activism, these are all talking about the border issues, these are all talking about identity. And I think it's a really cool way to organize the show. I will say uh, I did have a few favorites walking in um, that I definitely think are worth the extra minutes spent looking at. But again, please look at the entire show. Do not limit yourself to these pieces. So this first work I want to talk about, it is called Salones Los Llegales uh, by Carlos Fresquez and it is it started as an art as a project in 2005 and it's still going and so Carlos Orspresquez, he takes on found objects he takes on uh, thrift store landscape paintings and he puts on a stencil in front of them of the sign so actually let me backtrack and give a little bit more context in the U.S., there were signs um, of, basically, it looks like three people running away uh, to indicate that illegals, aliens, and authors, I'm saying like in parentheses, like around with quotations, were potentially visible in that area. Uh, these signs have been removed. However, they do have a lasting impact because it essentially proves the point of how the American government deals with that treats people that aren't American or have spent Mexican heritage as animals. Uh, So you've seen like deer crossing signs exactly the same thing but for people uh, not cool. Anyway so Carlos takes on these stencils And takes on this image and stencils it over these found objects and landscapes and the way it's displayed right now it's over an American map and it's just a really impactful project it's a really interesting not only aesthetic not only like a visuality like a visual approach is really interesting but the conceptual approach is just fascinating the fact that you find these objects these paintings that are a lot of times paintings of the um, of an American landscape, uh, the traditional American values, quote-unquote, and here you are warping them to showcase what the true American values look like. It's, it's fleeing families and not helping them, and perhaps some of my distaste with some of these policies is showing through, but, you know, I am very distasteful of these policies. Another really interesting piece, or it would be more like a series of pieces, is by uh, Linda Vallejo, who is taking census da- data and transforming it into art. So one of these pieces, and there are multiple because uh, it's part of her Brown Dot project where she uses the census data and uses uh, brown dots to represent uh, brown people or Mexican Mexican people of Mexican heritage. One of these pieces is called uh, Latinos make up 30% of new Nissan sales uh, in 2014, uh, but it's a piece made in 2018. Uh, and essentially what it is, it is a very large scale portrait. However, only the only part of the portrait that is actually painted in or part of the painting that's actually painted in is 30%. And with thoughts like... Um, that represent that 30% of Latinos. So it's just a really interesting approach to data and an approach, a really interesting approach of combining data and art that I just thought was really fascinating. And it's an entire series. So this is just one of the few different pieces that are present at MOA. Uh, yeah, so these were two pieces that really caught my eye, but there's an entire section of identity that's really awesome that I didn't really talk about too much. And I think one of the cool things as well is that they have uh, a very traditional Mexican game called Loteria and you can actually play it. So they made it super interactive so you can sit down and play a game of Loteria right there at MOA. Uh, so always fun to have these interactive aspects to an exhibition. And you know, MOA always tries to make their all their stuff very all ages friendly. And I think this is one of the ways that they are doing that. So definitely do check out that show it's going on for a while so you do have like six months to see it uh but definitely don't miss it it's it's worth the time and yeah i'll see you guys i hope you guys tune in uh two weeks from now and yeah have a great time bye
0: hello hello we're back hi <laughs> um, <laughs> the interview started playing and i'm like no 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 no. we're gonna talk about a quick little shout out first but beforehand just to remind everyone um Chicanex is going on until january 1st so you have a lot of time to see it and they have a different event of uh, artist talks curator-led tours check those out Also, I believe Moa has free entrance after 5 p.m. on some days. It's not like every day, but I believe they do that. So like... If you don't want to pay for the entrance or if you don't have the means to, check that out to see if they're doing that during the run of Chicken X. Um, also, if you're a student, if you have a UBC card, if your UBC card is valid, <laughs> you can go into MOA for free, which I still do <laughs> because my student ID is valid until August. <laughs>
1: And I've just been going to places at UBC, be like, I'm still a student. Look, from the trauma we get from school, I think we're allowed to take advantage of any benefits we can get from the card.
0: I think so, too. We deserve it. When I go to the Vancouver Art Gallery, I'm like, yes, I'm a student. Give me a discount. (laughs) yeah it's it's so much fun um yeah you (laughs) use your student cards okay um before we continue with the rest of the reviews and the interview let's talk a little about the 2022 governor general oh my god governor general's performing arts awards ggpaa for short. <laughs> so um short films were directed by Vancouver-based filmmakers, um David Foster's
1: EGGGPA <laughs> Wait, David Foster like the composer? Um well, it's
0: a This is a very good question. We can look that up oh, right now. Okay. I am you know what? <laughs> I am reading this press release and you're making life very difficult for oh, me right nice. now. Oh, it's <laughs> It's directed by Teresa Alfeld and Foster hails from Victoria. So David Foster's from Victoria. Oh, it is
1: him then. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> he was like one of the first person I went for a concert. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. What?
0: Yeah, that's cool. And then the second one's Crystal Pite, Worldless Language directed by Joella Kabalu. Um, if you don't know, Crystal Pite is a a local. Um, by a local, I mean Canadian choreographer. She's wonderful, and she now resides in Vancouver. Apparently, okay. So you can check both of these uh, movies out at NFBW. Not W. Oh my God! What is? My brain's so foggy today. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) NFB.ca. And also, I was going to mention a third one. Everything Will Be by Julia Kwan. Uh, It's a future doc about Vancouver's Chinatown. And yeah, check those out. So I believe they all should be showing by now. Uh, I think the latest one that starts showing is starting at May 28th, so like three more days. Um, Yeah, as I said, nfb.ca. The National Film Board of Canada has such a wonderful website. They have so many movies. And if you, you know, if you don't want to be stuck with What's in streaming services? I mean, why Netflix when you have... <laughs> NFB, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I I definitely recommend checking it out. I want to watch the Crystal Pite wordless language myself because I love Crystal Pite's choreography. I think everything, everything she does is wonderful. I've talked about her um, dance company, Kid Pivot, before, And I've talked about her um, choreography before. I just, I love her so much. She's So wonderful. Mm -hmm. And she won an award. (laughs) So. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Sheila, you said you like David Foster?
1: Yeah, I do. I love his songs. Yeah, exactly.
0: So everyone should check out (laughs) these two movies directed by uh, Vancouver-based filmmakers. Um, but, yeah, so before we move on to Sheila's review of A Sound Like This and Lua's interview, we're going to go on a little at PSA break, and then we'll be right back.
3: Discorder magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives.
2: catch a friend.
3: favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre, check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discord or magazine, or at RickshawTheater.com.
1: When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day.
3: Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. Explosion. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. we got all types of crazy for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca.
0: Hello, welcome back. CITR is the best club. CITR is the best radio. CITR is the best. I mean, I'm not biased or anything. No, not at all. <laughs> no, this is objective views. Um... But yeah, I so I can attest to that. <laughs> Thank you, another unbiased right? person. Yes, we love unbiased opinions over here, which you will give about Corleone's a sound like this. Oh my god, perfect oh, yeah. segue! <laughs> you figured it out. Oh. That was so smooth. (laughs) I think talking about how smooth it was makes it less smooth, but no one cares. It's okay. I will be happy about this. Um, Yeah, Sheila, take
1: it away. So on May the 12th, we went to the Corleone performance. Yes, uh, we being Sheila and I. Yes. And it was at the St. Andrew Wesley Church, which was beautiful. Yes. Also, side note, we went there um, two weeks after Ramadan, which is (laughs) great, (laughs) you know? Hey, uh, hey, hey. At least it wasn't during Ramadan. (laughs) Exactly. What better time? (laughs) And so Corleone is a men's choir group, and they're really good, and they've won a lot of awards i think they were nominated or they yeah. won like a juno
0: award oh my god the um, the artistic director Eric? slash yeah my buddy Eric yeah <laughs> slash the um uh the conductor yeah he i think he won a uh juno award for a musical he wrote which is really That's freaking amazing. cool yeah also I just want to mention the fact the the reason I say my buddy Eric (laughs) shout out to Eric by the way (laughs) shout out to Eric Light is it because Eric and I are actually friends (laughs) Um, I interviewed him once uh, which gave great insight into Corleone and everything that they do and so when we went to the show I was telling Sheila I was like hey that's Eric I've talked to him before (laughs) But, yeah, and uh, go check out that interview, honestly.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's in our podcasted episodes. Yeah, so it was, look, first of all, it was the second time I've ever been to, like, a choir performance. And the first time, it was for a friend. Um, so, obviously, I'm biased. So <laughs> shout out to Jermaine and Richard. Um I just I don't think I'm a choir fan, mm-hmm. so my review is very much from that perspective. Yeah, it's
0: not for everyone, that's for sure. I'm going to say there were a lot of people in there. Yes, there um, were. And 95% of the audience was people old enough to have
1: fully white hair. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we were like one we're, of the few who had yeah. dark hair. <laughs> yes, we brought the average age down yes we were like walking to the toilet and like (laughs) Are there any kids here? Yeah. And then there,
0: there were. There were. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised.
1: <laughs> but yeah, go on. But for any choir fans out there, I think you'd really like them. So go check them out. They're on Spotify. If you can't watch their performance, yeah, really? they are. I them out on Spotify, and they're also on Apple. Damn, Carly. I cool. don't know if they're on other streaming platforms. You can personally them <sighs> I use the two of those. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah, well, more, like, Spotify mm-hmm. than Apple Music. Yeah. But Spotify, if you want um, an advertisement, come oh contact me, please. We would love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the promo. <laughs> the free promo. Yeah. Was- <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to charge them right no. after <laughs>
0: Send an email yeah. to Spotify and be like,
1: hey, guess what? I promoted you for three seconds. Yes. Give me money. Where's my $100? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, please. We're straying away so much. <laughs> okay. So there were a bunch of um, performances throughout the, the program, but... I, I'm just going to highlight the songs that were memorable to yes, me. Yes, yes, do that for sure. Yes. So, well, the entrance was, first of all, the entrance was amazing because the last time I saw that many guys with suits was like before the <laughs> pandemic. So that was great. I was like, wow, nice. <laughs> and then they, one of their songs, Tango with God, that was nice. I liked it. They had like a little Maraca situation going on. Mm-hmm. I like that, and it took me like what five minutes to figure out what the <laughs> instrument was. <laughs> yes, I was like Sarah, what is that thing? Yeah. <sighs> By the way,
0: also just to mention, um, we weren't actually talking during the performance. Um, when we were communicating, it was through writing because yes. Sheila was taking notes. So, uh, just to let everyone know, we're not, you know uh we're thoughtful people (laughs) we are we don't talk during performances and you shouldn't either no
1: and then another song elements of the sun that was really nice because so the whole concept was like the sound of sunrise so the sound of like animals or like birds chirping and so what they did was they kind of did like a repetitive sound of i don't remember what it was was that the one with the seagull sounds no, no, that was a sea shanty. Oh, okay. We'll get to that later. Yes. <laughs> okay. But yeah, they kept on, like, repeating a sound, but, like, at, re- at like, different times. So it sounded kind of like a flutter, which I thought was really creative. Eric, you the man. <laughs> not the composer. <laughs> the conductor. Um, also you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also the singers, too. Hey, shout out to everyone. Oh, true. Every one of them. Uh, yeah. and uh, Right. Now to the sea shanty. No. Yeah, they sing First a sea shanty. I've never thought I'd be someone who would listen to a sea shanty and be like, yeah, that's, that's my good. jam. Yeah, that was good. That, it was yeah, good.
0: I will say, I never thought I would hear a men's choir sing a sea shanty yes. inside of a church um that is an odd combination (laughs) to be honest yeah but it was nice and honestly if you're listening to this as a person who was at the show and went to see you know oh i wonder what other people thought and you liked the sea shanty i am happy to tell you that they have a whole
1: cd that was that's just sea shanties yes yeah it's on spotify as well (laughs) it's called um no i have it right here what is it called oh it's sh- titled shanties with an exclamation mark
0: oh nice
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to listen to it if that's what you like yeah. you know go ahead but if it's not what you like Maybe try listen to it. It might be your thing. You'll never know. you might like it. I mean, we're all about discovering new music and
0: new genres here at CITR. Also, before you continue, I'm going to interject really quickly Mm -hmm. and tell you that a sound like this was the first performance where the Leonids were introduced. Um, they're a new professional ensemble under the direction of our buddy, Eric Light. <laughs> <Love> you, Eric. <laughs> the Leonids will serve as the professional headline choir for Coral annual When Man Male Choral Summit and as an educational, inspirational, and aspirational force for this festival and beyond. Um, but yeah, so they were the so... For Sheila, um, the Leonids were the the I don't know like the ones in front. Yeah, Yeah, they were like around. Yeah, so uh, Corleone was in the the risers, and the Leonids were at the middle um, on the lower side uh, in like a half circle. Um, They sang some songs like some pieces by themselves. They sang some together with the rest of Corleone, and then. There were some that were performed by Corleone without the Leonids. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember which
1: one was which. Though. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't fine. Remember. Yeah. But yeah, please continue. Yeah. So another song that stood out the most was Dolcissima Mia Vita. Si, dolcissima mia vita. Si si. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, primarily because when they introduced the title of the song. Me and Sarah looked at each other instantly, and we, like, did the, <laughs> the Italian, Italian hand gesture. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. We're like, don't just see me? <laughs> don't you me Ita- Yeah. And I couldn't stop laughing oh for, like, <laughs> the yeah. beginning of this song <laughs> until, like, halfway through it. Yeah.
0: I was just trying to, get, like, stop. Yeah, get you someone you can um be mock Italians with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I love the song. Yeah, it was fun. Although, weirdly, they translated it a bit differently. Really? Yeah, because do you remember how
1: you were like, oh, didn't you tell me Vita means Uh, wife? I I was was like, like, isn't that life? It means, they said it means my sweet beloved. Yeah.
0: So I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess maybe in Italy they use it as a term of endearment. Maybe. Could be. As in like, you're my
1: life yeah because Uh, like in
0: turkey we say um we use like my life for someone that you love and as a term of endearment yeah you know how people say oh honey or like babe we say my life
1: oh wow (laughs) like you're (laughs) my life (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) you're my whole life (laughs) yeah so maybe it's something like that could be yeah so that was really nice. And then another song called Leron Leron Sita. I might be saying that lo- wrong. I'm not sure. Oh, it's okay. It's, uh, it's actually based on a Filipino folk song. And it's uh, the same title as well. And I really like that one. It was, it was catchy. <laughs> I'm not sure what they were saying, but it was catchy. And then the last song. The only song that I knew when I read the program. Oh, yeah. Which was Feeling Good. And, okay, this one is a bit complicated.
0: Why? Part of me
1: is, like, disappointed, to be honest. Because, really? Yeah, because I'm used to, like, listening to, like, the Nina, Nina Simone version and also oh, interesting. Michael Bublé's version. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they're, like, Nina Simone is, like, an icon. So it's hard to compare, obviously. Yeah. But considering they did not have any instruments, it was it was okay. Yeah, but maybe that was just it. Maybe the instruments were essential to like the build up because you know the song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, it does have a
0: big it has like, a
1: momentum to yeah. it.
0: Yeah, so. at, at the part that goes and I'm feeling yeah, bumper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, that part. Yeah, that's true. That part was a little weak because they don't have any instruments mm-hmm. and um they weren't doing a full a cappella uh so naturally it wasn't as effective as it would have been if they had instruments on stage or if they were doing full a cappella but, but I, yeah but funny. then they also
1: had like a solo part which i actually yeah. really like he was really good i'm not yeah. sure who he is <laughs> but oh wherever you so are, <laughs> <amazing> <laughs> whoever voice, you are <laughs> amazing voice amazing <laughs> voice you know what
0: let's find a list oh there's so many artists it was a Leonid, though right? yeah i think it was because yeah. he was on like the the main yeah, stage exactly we can find him um while i find who he was do you want to
1: continue talking yeah sure so that was was basically my review (laughs) do you want to continue talking yeah sure doesn't talk well it Um, was let me talk about the location oh my god Um, there is only one toilet
0: by the way could have been Eric Alatore might be okay you know Mm. what I'm gonna list you the Leonids. so Eric Alatore was bass Enrico Lagasca is bass and baritone Jonathan Woody is bass and baritone Sam, oh boy, Sam Crydenweiss is baritone. Dan Cokewell is tenor. Andrew Fuchs is tenor. Jacob Perry, tenor. Stephen Sof, tenor. Stephen Caldicott w- Wilson, tenor. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was, um, the solo was by Eric Latore. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. I'm like 70% sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. That, um, like, yeah, that was the final song of the whole. Yeah, they did an encore though. Oh, did they? Do you not remember the encore? Yeah. Oh, right. Did I didn't write encore. that down. Oh, yeah, you didn't yeah. write that down. I That's thought wild. it was the end. And then they continued singing. And yeah. then, like, I was borrowing Sarah's notebook. Yeah. So I gave it back to her. <laughs> and I was and like, then nah. like, oh, there's an encore? <laughs> She's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. And then I bring up the encore. Yeah. <laughs> nice thank you i set you up this whole time (laughs) i literally don't remember what the song was i
0: don't remember what the encore was either but it was fun okay by fun i mean it was good feeling good was more fun than the encore that's Um, because
1: we actually know the song yeah exactly
0: yeah i think so too knowing
1: what you're listening to really yeah it does help and also like by that point we were kind of cold. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. The church was the really church cold. The church was really cold, yeah. I think they have an AC or something, like, right beside the aisle. Maybe it's an air circulation. I have no idea. I don't know either, but I mean... It was
0: fine. Yeah. Um, I was greatly slipped deprived and I was really tired. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The men's choir almost put me to sleep and I feel like that's a good thing <laughs> because choir music, thats
1: it's really calming. And
0: um, The next
1: time you have trouble sleeping, just like call your buddy Eric and like, can you <laughs> Can you please come here with the whole choir group and sing me to sleep? I don't even go on like Spotify to listen to it or YouTube. No. I'm of like course not. bring everyone to my house right now. Yeah, only the best for you. Oh my god. They want a review from CITR. This is what they have to do. Huh? Sing to me. Yes.
0: At any time you oh want my them god. to. That's so funny. <laughs> um yeah no i don't think i'll do that <laughs> however <laughs> I, I might um i might go on their spotify and let give them a listen uh when i can't sleep at night because we were just talking about this before the show i have been having so much trouble sleeping that i started taking melatonin and i tried listening to like you know Headspace? Oh, app. yes.
1: I see the app all the time. Yeah, I, they have like a
0: couple of free things on YouTube. So I was like oh. trying to listen to those. But they are like I get invested in the stories and I want to oh. know the end. How do people fall asleep listening to bedtime stories? See, I don't this understand. This is what you have to do. You
1: need to get a nonfiction book. That's like really boring. <laughs> that's like really thick. And then you read it before you fall asleep. Mm. I think that helps. Or do you want my textbook? It's amazing. <laughs> I have textbooks. So I have I econ, mm. I have psychology. Oh my god, knowing myself, I'll be like, "Oh my god,
0: tell me more about the histrionic personality disorder." <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> See,
1: this is why. I- I'll give you my econ textbook. <laughs> yeah, I know. Introduction about econ. <laughs> Introduction to Empirical Economics. <laughs> you would fall asleep in 5 minutes, I guarantee you. Oh
0: my god. I understood like one word of what you just said (laughs) i'm so foreign to econ in general yeah it's a deal corleone and econ they're gonna put me to sleep both of them together if anyone from corleone is listening to this i don't mean this in a bad way i i feel like you know putting someone to sleep might come off as really uh negative No, but not if you're singing with like so many men. It means that you're doing such a good job mixing your voices and hitting the right notes that it itches the right scratch in my brain. And it's like, oh, okay, I can fall asleep now. (laughs) Hey, it
1: elicits an emotion. Boring. Now that would be.
0: Yeah, exactly. That would be
1: offensive.
0: No, it's not boring at all. Um, but, yeah, Sheila, do you have anything you want to say before we go into our Adam PSA break? No. Wonderful. Well, then uh, we'll go into our Adam PSA break and then meet you afterwards for Lewis interview.
3: You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory the hokhemian speaking Musqueam people
1: Lord, I need a creative outlet. How on earth can I channel everything that's inside of me? You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? Pardon me? Yeah, you can illustrate for Discorder magazine or take photographs of events and artists and they can teach you how to use Photoshop in their media lab. That is so exhilarating. It fills my soul with lightning. Yeah, just email volunteer at CITR.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I wouldn't miss it for the world.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, we So what we're going to do now is listen to Lua's interview with resident curator Kaylee Sandomirsky about the Revolver Festival 2022. And then after that interview, we're going to be back live and I'll talk a little about the Capture Photo Festival and the galleries I went to. And then that'll be our show for the day. But yeah, um, for now, enjoy the interview.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm Lua Presidio and I'm here today with Kaylee Sandomersky, one of the two resident curators of the Revolver Festival happening from May 25th to June 5th. Hey, Kaylee, how are you doing today? Are you excited for the festival? How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm
4: doing really well. I wish the sun would stay out for more than an hour at a time. Uh, I'm ready for summer. yeah i'm really excited for this year's festival um when i was brought on back in 2019 we had a lot of dreams about what the 2020 festival was going to look like and unfortunately the world had other plans for us so now it's finally you know we're getting to do a live festival again with audience members in the space with us and it's funny i um I keep saying that I missed lobbies, but I missed lobbies. <laughs> I missed running into people, you know, and just like catching up on with friends and and watching shows together, so I am just so excited to be back in the space.
2: Uh, yeah, theater is definitely something that was missed <laughs> throughout these 2 years. Um and so for those who not, might not be familiar with the Revolver Festival especially because it's, you know, coming back after 2 years, not happening. And Kaylee, please correct me if I'm wrong or I say anything wrong. But it is essentially a theater festival uh, that is presenting contemporary works by emerging and mid-career artists from across Canada. And this year there'll be nine li- live live and two digital productions, along with some other special presentations. Um yeah, did I miss anything? <laughs>
4: um, I mean, we weren't gone for the last two years. We just um we changed into a digital festival so we actually pivoted the famous word uh, I think that arose out of the pandemic um, to Evolver which was actually just a digital offering Um, and then last year in particular we did one more focused on development um, and just helping artists kind of work on their space provide space provide you know aid any way that we could without uh, necessarily having presentational, um, focus on presentation. So this year is just, we're excited to kind of go back to the original um, format of the festival, which is the live format held at the Colch. yeah, I just wanted to just say that because I know some people checked in over the past few years and uh, with our digital festival, but it's changed again, because we're constantly evolving.
2: (laughs) Perfect. Um, And so this is the 10th year anniversary of the festival, which is amazing. It's really awesome to have that, a festival like this run for so long. And what do you think is going to be different this year compared to other years?
4: Oh man, I mean, it's just different in the sense that we're just all in a very, very different place. Um, it's funny because we don't actually have a theme going into any of our festivals. The theme kind of finds itself once we start curating. And this year we really noticed this kind of idea around interdependence, this need to be together mm-hmm. to you know work through something. And I think it, that's happened before, like that that idea of coming together, but not in this this way that we're we're noticing in the work that's being reflected this year, and you know, I think there's this excitement and also this like you know there's still nervousness and fear around coming together. We're still living in a really complicated time. It's been really hard these past two years, so I'm just really excited to share some really beautiful art, really, really, t- like, touching sounds <laughs> like, <laughs> such a, like it's so touching. Um, but it, you know, it's like, sh- sharing, there's a lot of sharing going on a lot of generosity being given by the artists that are being presented this year. Mm-hmm. And like, fun sharing and sad sharing and and just like, this idea of of processing something together that we're in Mm -hmm. this together and i think that's what's different for me this year than other years yeah
2: yeah um and so there's also the updraft reading series that Mm -hmm. is part of the festival can you describe a little bit more of what that is
4: Yeah, so we have four artists um, represented this year. Two of them are going to be presented live and two of them are going to be digital presentations. Because we realized in the past that we had done, all of our updraft series was always um, local artists. But due to the pandemic, we opened up all of these new avenues of digital um, presentations. And we thought, why would we, why close that door? You know, there's so many incredible artists across Canada. And so we have two artists that are going to be um, presenting digitally. And this is kind of like a moment where, you know, artists are still in that developmental phase. They have a script, but, you know, they want to hear it read out loud. They want audience feedback. Um, you know, they want to ask questions, get a little bit more outside of their like quiet room, probably alone and into a space, you know, together. Again, this idea of sharing. Um, I have been a a part of the Updraft Reading Series in other capacities throughout the years, and it is an incredible program. Um, It offers so much to the artists, I I think, I've I've gotten feedback from them before. Just this idea of being able to present this work in this still developmental phase, it just adds so much to the project to see it grow. And like, I'm excited to, you know, hopefully some of these shows come back to Revolver in the future and are presented, you know, like um, we've had that happen before. And it's really exciting to see the steps. yeah, and they're all free, which is you know always great. Everybody loves free uh, events, so uh, come down and like you know join the conversation. Uh, talk to the artists involved, the playwrights. If you're really interested in kind of how how art is being made, this is a great way for audience to kind of interact um, with artists in their process.
2: Yeah, or watch, or watch online, right?
4: Absolutely, yeah. And even then, they'll have you know like um conversations you're allowed to ask questions uh and yeah you can do it from the comfort of your own home which is always (laughs) nice sometimes
2: it's always great um yeah that sounds really cool and so the festival has um touring shows and it has the vancouver artist shows Mm -hmm. within the the live productions I was curious like how do how what is the selection process for the festival for both the touring shows and the vancouver shows like
4: Yeah, I mean, um, just due to um, the funding, we just can't necessarily take as many touring shows as sometimes we would like, because there are incredible audiences from, again, across Canada. Um, And we do like to represent a lot of local artists as well. There's a lot of great Vancouver artists um, in this year's festival. But they are, they're all, you know, curated in the same way um, that we kind of look at the same desires that we're trying to to have to fit into the festival. This year, um, we noticed a lot more uh, applications from the prairies, which is really exciting because usually, you know, we get a lot from the Toronto area. So seeing a lot more um, artists applying from the prairies was really exciting to us. Um, we actually have one show. Um, gender, I hardly know them, um, which was actually programmed for our 2020 festival that's coming back. They're, they're actually the photos um, on our poster. I'm really, really excited to see that piece. Uh, And then we have another one from Toronto, kind of Montreal area, and then uh, another one from Vancouver Island. Um, Yeah, and then again, with the digital presentations, we're able to host artists also from across Canada in a digital presentation. So friendship ritual is one that's an interactive piece online. So there's just like, there's so many great people that are coming in. And I love being able to make those connections. Because as we realize, Canada is a, you know, big country, but it is a single, you know, identity in some ways, and being able to make those connections, and then tour, or work with other artists across across like canada is so great to see that so yeah i'm really excited to have people from everywhere back back in the space like connecting together and i just want to show everybody all the great food we have in the city (laughs) do you want to know where the good dumplings are i will find them for you i know where the noodles are at i know where they are uh yeah
2: um you know it seems it sounds really exciting um i love i think it's great that we're having both like you know vancouver and across canada shows and digital presentations which are always great i think uh, the digital presentation when it's interactive there's so much more interesting as well like that's so fascinating because it's not just like a regular piece of theater that you're gonna watch through your screen you like it's digital for a reason right like absolutely
4: yeah we have another one harvesting ancestral tea which is a local artist um but they're kind of inviting you to join them in like a cooking experience too. So you can even get the ingredients and cook with them and share with them. And yeah, it's, you know, with all of the streaming sites online nowadays, there's so many things to watch digitally that if we're presenting something digitally, we want to have almost an interactive component to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it just, you know, it brings you into, into the work a little bit more.
2: Yeah, and so before we end our interview, I'm going to ask you a very tricky question. Oh, Do you please. have any favorites? <laughs>
4: oh my god! How dare you? Uh, what are you doing to me? Uh, favorites? I don't play favorites. <laughs> uh, the class. I love. I love everyone. Everyone equally. Um, I I'm quite excited about all of the pieces that we're bringing, but two in particular because they were. Um, They were curated in 2020 that we were bringing back. Yeah, Gender, I Hardly Know Them, and uh, Holy Moly. Um, I'm really excited to finally be able to see these shows that I've wanted to see and wanted to present for quite a long time now. So I'm really excited about those two. Um, I'm also really excited about the Conversation series that I am leading. So it started last year with Jasmine Chen. Um, who uh, works at the Gateway Theatre, um, so it's like kind of like a co-presentation uh, with the Gateway, and it's called Real Talks, um, and this year we're having a conversation on ethical storytelling, and we have an incredible lineup of speakers um, all across Canada as well. We have Makami um, Samambe coming from uh, Toronto, and yeah, it's just going to be a chat. Uh, we're going to hang out, talk about ethical storytelling. So I'm really excited to share that with all of you as well. It's also free, uh, so <laughs> I can play favorites with that one because I'm involved, so I can favor myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have you know a concert, a love concert. We have uh, a, like beautiful stories about neurodivergent um actors coming together in a cabin in the woods we have um like a lot of women um represented this year i'm so excited to see more and more women and non-binary folks represented in this lineup so come down we're gonna have our barbecue going we're gonna have you know the sunshine's coming out the culch is such a great place to hang out and just watch shows all day and sip a little beer on the patio
2: yeah I mean sounds great I mean so if you're interested in the barbecue that's happening on Saturday May 28th from 4 to 6 p.m outside the colch or in the outdoor patio of the colch but uh if you're listening to this and like oh my god like I want tickets I want to go to the festival so bad uh, you can go to com and you can buy tickets there. Again, the festival is happening from May 25th to June 5th. Uh, and you can get either individual tickets or you can get passes for the entire festival or passes for three shows or passes for six shows. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And they're happening at all different times, too. So, you know, in the evenings where we have some matinee performances, um, yeah, digital events as well. So however you feel comfortable um coming to the festival we have options for you because i know we're still navigating through the world and and how we want to experience everything but um i'm just really excited to share this with everybody so yeah i'm excited to see people come down and say hi to me
2: Uh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with me today, Kaylee. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe we'll bump into each other uh, in the, the lobby of the college before play.
4: <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, please, yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah, hang out and watch. I'm going to be watching so many wonderful things. My brain's going to be like,
2: wah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a great way. A great way to have your brain. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> I know. I was. I was trying to remember the last time that. Um, I went to like a festival and I was like, I can't remember. I'm like so excited to be at one again and be in that lively space again. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Cool. Well, again, thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too.
0: Hello. Hi. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview that Lua did with curator, resident curator Kaylee Sanomirski and check out Re- revolver festival 2022 so before we go we have like four minutes left i'm going to quickly talk about capture photo festivals so if you transit around vancouver and see photographs um on for example waterfront station candle line station or at the King Edward Candleline Station, um, those are all part of the Capture Photo Festival. So uh, this festival, they showcase so many different artists in so many different places, ranging from Skytrain stations to galleries to museums. Um, so for example, I I went to see, uh, at the Broad Arts Foundation, uh, I went to see Sarah Gulamali's um, Green Heart emoji, um, and it it's it, it's a really interesting, really interesting um, concept. I will say, uh, Broad Art F- Arts Foundation has free entry, and they're open from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Tuesday to Saturday, so you can go check it out for yourself. It's running until June 11th. All of the um, Capture Photo Fest. Uh, exhibitions run until different times so for example uh feet deep in wet earth and watery pools by deb silver at the reach gallery museum is running until only may 27th which is two days away uh, all that we carry by angeline simone is at the Skytrain station Lafarge lake douglas college and it's going on from Oh, wait a second. I think they put down some wrong information here because it says February 12th to February 1st. I don't what? Think... <laughs> yeah. I don't... Did they figure out time machine? <gasps> oh, my God. Hello? What? I want that. <laughs> That's amazing. But, yeah, as I said, if you were at the Candleline Station at, for example, Marine Drive or at the waterfront, you should be able to see so many more um Uh, different exhibitions like uh, Svava Turgesson's Curdité series or Shelley Zhang's offerings to both past and future series. Uh, But this is not just at Candleline or Skytrace stations. As I said, they are showing in different art galleries like the Surrey Art Gallery, Vancouver Art Gallery, the Richmond Art Gallery, Burard Arts Foundation. Go to capturephotofest.com forward slash calendar. Or if you just go to capturephotofest.com, uh, you can go to the calendar and see all of the exhibitions. They have different events. Uh, you can look at public art to, you know, the ones in the museums, the galleries. But yeah, um, so shout out to, shout out to Capture Photofest. They're doing incredible work. They've been doing it for years and they're gonna continue to do it in the upcoming years, hopefully. But that is all from us for now. Yay! Thank you for coming in, It has room. been fun. It has been. Uh, you have listened to the Arts Support on CITR 101.9 FM. We will be back the week after next week. So I'll talk to you then. Goodbye.
3: CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded territory of the Musqueam people at UBC. My name is Alirada Mary, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Gourmand Gill. Each week on Research Review, we interview a researcher who is affiliated with the UBC community and discuss some of their latest work and findings and how they relate to broader issues in society.
1: Welcome to Research Review today. Uh, We're welcoming Dr. Mark McLaughlin to Research Review on CITR 101.9 FM. Dr. McLaughlin is a professor in UBC's Department of Chemistry, uh, specializing in materials chemistry.